It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 708 at News Talk WSB, 71 degrees still outside, a very pleasant morning and a more pleasant afternoon, mid-80s this afternoon, a little breeze going on. It's going to be great weather for getting out and getting done the things you couldn't do last week because it was way too hot, miserably hot. I was out yesterday morning with the two kids down the street clearing limbs and we were sweating ourselves. Oh man, it was hot and sweaty out there. Miserable times. But... On the other hand, there's one particular product I want to bring to your attention today that works better in hot temperatures than it does in cooler temperatures, and it's an organic weed killer. Yeah, you heard me right. You know many times I'll mention, you know, you use Roundup, Roundup this, Roundup that. You do not have to use synthetic weed killers to kill things in your landscape that you don't like. There's one in particular, and I'm not going to give a brand name, but I'll tell you what to look for on the label. It says ammoniated salts of fatty acids. That's the ingredient. And if you read between the lines or have any kind of chemistry background like I do, you know what ammoniated salts of fatty acids means. It's a soap. It is a soap. That's what it is, a herbicidal soap. And I found one at one of the big box stores and tried it the Tuesday, I guess it was, this past week, on poison ivy, on brambles, on creeping charlie, there was another weed in there that I was spraying, I think, that I uh, sprayed the stuff on, too. It killed them dead within 24 hours. The leaves were all crinkled up and brown, dried out, gone. If it's a perennial plant like um, Liriope or maybe Smilax or something, it'll burn the leaves off. It won't go down into the roots like Roundup would. But the ammoniated salts of fatty acids, the herbicidal soap, does a fabulous job at just burning the leaves off because it dissolves the wax on top of the leaf surface. And so they, without the wax, they can't protect themselves in hot weather, and they just dry up and die. So if you want an organic, an organic weed killer, Look for the active ingredient, ammoniated salts of fatty acids, herbicidal soap. It may say something like organic weed killer, organic weed control, or something like that on the label as well. But the stuff works really great, and it works best at temperatures above 90 degrees. We've got Ron in Gainesville joining us on Lawn and Garden. Morning, Ron. Good morning, Walter. How are you doing today? All right. What's up? I've got about 12 elm, E-L-M, elm trees uh, surrounding my property. They're probably about eight uh, years old, I guess. They were planted by the developer before I built here. I've been for two years, and the trees have always looked really healthy and lots of new growth each year. And this year, four of them uh, have almost no new growth on the crowns of them, the top uh Three or four inch, uh, or twelve inches or so of each branch have no leaves on. The trees were kind of a light greenish color, uh, as opposed to the real dark green, healthy look on all the other trees. Yeah. And a master gardener in the neighborhood came by and took a look, and she said that she thought maybe they were a little iron deficient, and suggested yeah. I get an iron spray and spray them. So I sprayed them, and when I did, the leaves. A lot of the leaves turned real yellow, and I took a the next mm-hmm. day or so took a hose pipe and sprayed them. All right, let's stop. Let me stop right there, John, Ron, and let me let me ask a couple of questions here. Do you know whether these were Chinese elms or American elms? I don't really know. 
Does the bark look sort of mottled where the bark pops off a little bit, makes a very attractive pattern on the bark? Um, no, not really. It's just kind of a grayish, uh, kind of just a uh, you know solid color grayish color bark. The reason I'm asking is because American elms, and they're not that commonly planted anymore because they all got Dutch elm disease. Right. And so I'm, I'm doubtful that these are American elms. Right. But well, the gardener said that she didn't think that they planted any. She thought all the elms they planted in the neighborhood were the variety that were uh, resistant to Dutch elm disease. Okay. So. Well, if they were American elms, like I say, they're not commonly planted, so I right. tend to agree. But if it was Chinese elm, they have this real pretty modeling color on the bark where the little pieces of bark pop off like a jigsaw puzzle, sort of. Um, and it's possible that rather than an elm, you have a pistachio, pistache tree. They look a lot like elms, same family very erect sort of limb structure that goes upward rather than outward. So I haven't diagnosed your problem yet. We haven't gotten that far because I still need to know what you have before I say X or Y or Z might be the problem with it. I don't yeah. think you have I American think they elms. Are and they, I, you know, really I haven't looked that closely at the bark, but there are lots of them planted. The developer planted lots of them all yeah. over their neighborhood. And these are about the only four I've seen anywhere in the neighborhood that have this problem. Uh, the all rest I can, of them all are healthy, and you know. All I can theorize here, Ron, is that yes, as your master gardener friend said, there's some environmental problem, meaning not a disease, more than likely. It is possible that the problem leads is is tied to the root system development. If a tree, no matter what tree, if it doesn't have a good wide area for the roots to grow into as it matures, then the tree is susceptible to drought, is susceptible to any kind of nutrient problems, um, competition from grass, and various things that that happen to trees when they don't have a big wide root system. So that's one of the things to look at. Does my tree look like it was planted in in a hurry so that the ground around it wasn't tilled up thoroughly and so it's just sort of still sitting in the same hole that it was when it was planted years ago? That's one thing to think about. Um, the well, other thing to thing consider... That's one too, because these are planted on a pretty steep bank yeah. and she thinks they just used an auger probably and did a hole and, and popped burlap ball in there with, uh, you know, uh, probably yeah, without removing the burlap. Do get a shovel, Ron. Go out there with a shovel and dig around the root ball of your tree. You'll be able to tell pretty quickly, just an inch or two below the surface, if the cage, or particularly if the burlap is still there. If the burlap is still there, we have a smoking gun, because trees should never be planted with the burlap left on the ball. And I'd rather the cage be taken off, too. But your master gardener friend makes a really good observation that if you have an auger and you just dig a hole, because that's the only way you can do it on a steep hillside, you drop the tree in. Many times that hillside is nothing but clay. And the clay does not help the tree roots grow at all. And they may indeed just be still constricted to an area two or three or four or five maybe feet in diameter. And that's why the tree is not looking so great right now. But get the shovel out there, Ron. Go find out. Go see what you see. And if you see anything that really, really looks like it could be a constriction of the root system, there's not a bunch you can do. So, I mean, sad to say. 
Um, you can mulch around them, and that's probably the easiest thing to do is to get an inch or well, probably two or three inch layer of wood chips and just mulch the heck out of the area underneath the tree. It makes a better root system over time. The r organic matter breaks down and makes the soil better there. Try that. That's the best I can offer for you. David joins us. David's with us from Calhoun, Georgia. Hey, David. Good morning. Welcome. Yes, sir. Um, year and a half old planted zoysia uh, was real pretty last year. Yeah. This year, I'm getting some spotty brown spots in it. Mm, how I've how are you watering? It. How are you fertilizing? What's the story? I have not fertilized it since I planted it. Okay. But I have watered it religiously. Why were you not fertilizing it religiously too, David? Well, what I use. <laughs> you didn't answer my question, David. <laughs> no, I haven't been fertilizing it. it, it have all right, all right. That is one of the things you need to get on the bo on the train with is fertilizing because there are a couple couple of three diseases that get on all grasses if they're not fertilized well. I mean, grasses want to grow. You know what a grass does. It wants to grow. It wants to grow fast. And if it doesn't have the nutrients in the soil to support the growth, then it gets stressed. And if it gets stressed, it gets spots. It gets various bad things that happen to it. So we run down to the store. You've got the irrigation set, so that's great. We run down to a pike or to a hardware store someplace and get some just what's called turf fertilizer. It doesn't matter what brand. It could be Scott's. It could be Pike's uh, blend. It could be anything that says turf fertilizer on the label. Read the back of the bag. It says how many pounds to put down per 1,000 square feet. Put that down. Water it in. And on zoysia, let me think, David. We need to fertilize it three times in a season. Once when it's nice and greened up in the spring, which would be around the late April period. Another time about right now in mid to late June. And a third time in August, September. Each time watering for you know, at least once or twice after you put the fertilizer down so it can be dissolved into the soil. If you'll do that, most of the time, the diseases will go away because the grass is simply growing over them. It's healthy, it's happy, it's fed, and you don't have to spray anything for disease at all. Okay. Uh, one quickie, if I can. Real quick. I just put on 10 pallets of Bermuda yeah. uh, two weeks ago. When can I fertilize it? I put it down on, on some good topsoil. Um, 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 good starter fertilizer would have been a good idea before you even put it down. If you have not put any fertilizer down, I think turf fertilizer or starter fertilizer right now would be fine. Good deal. Thank good you, Walter. Deal. Enjoy your show. Make it pretty. We want to make real pretty grass there, David. Thanks for calling. It's mm -hmm. seven seven eighteen at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackland Security. Summer, just around the corner. Mother Nature gives us a little gift for spring, which is a really nice day. Temperatures today in the mid-80s. 
Partly cloudy skies overnight, dropping down to the low 60s. Not much chance of rain, and your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes. And don't forget, tomorrow is Sunday. You can pick up your Atlanta Journal-Constitution and get a great investigation in the ways that local judges don't always obey the law they're supposed to. Plus, you got $276 worth of coupon savings in the paper. Tomorrow's AJC. Kathy is in Marietta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Hey, Walter, how are you? I'm all right. What's up? So I have two rose bushes. Um, they're cut in the shape of trees. I'm not sure what species they are, Yeah. but I've had them a few years. They bloom out every year. We moved to a new house this year, and I've got some of the stems turning black. So I went on your website, um, and it kind of looks like uh, a fungus that you talked about on there. Yeah. So I got some um, bare antifungal um, spray you put on there. It's yeah. not a spray. I poured it in the mix in, in a water yeah. and uh, watered it in. And So I did that earlier in the week, but one of them looks pretty bad, and the other one about half the plant's affected. And I didn't know if I should start cutting it out or hmm. leave it and see what it does over the next couple weeks. The deal with roses and rose leaf diseases is sometimes you are going to have a hard time catching up with them. The yeah. early blight, not early blight, but um, black spot. Black spot that gets on roses and turns the limbs black starts back in late April. If you put a fungicide down then, the rose grows as the leaves are protected for, by the fungicide, and it looks real pretty by June. On the other hand, if you wait until last week to treat for the black limbs on your rose. I didn't even know it existed. <laughs> well, if you've got a I'm rose, like, let's just say, if you have a rose, you should be putting fungicide on them in April because they're okay. all going to get black spot. Even knockout roses are going to get black spot. Okay. So at this point, you did the right thing. You got the fungicide on them now. Um, don't let them dry out in a container. I think you said they were growing in a container. We don't want to dry them out because that will stress them. Um, okay. A little bit of fertilizer, a little bit of miracle Grow to help push some more growth onto it to get around where the diseased limbs are. And okay. very likely you're going to have to cut out the brown, black limbs. I think that's probably unavoidable. Okay. When should I um, spray the fungicide on there again? Mm, what does the label say? Um... I don't know. <laughs> I know Trick question, Kathy. Yeah, uh, I don't think it did, honestly. Yeah, about every four weeks is about right. Okay. Go, go read the label. I'll make sure I'm right on that. But about every four weeks, I think, is the most label recommendation. And try that and see. Good luck with it, Kathy. we got to get out of here at 728. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. Am I the only living soul around? It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 736, 70 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful, whether it's doing something or avoiding something in the garden. Either way, I can be of service to you. And if you're trying to catch up on things that you didn't do last week because it was just too hot to get it done, today is going to be a nice, pleasant 80-degree, mid-80-degree day. 404-872-0750. 
404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. A reminder that if you want to go to Cuba, I've got the details of the Cuba trip 2016 up on my website. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see a country change. It is going through change, but they haven't gotten quite to the Starbucks and the McDonald's and the things like that yet. If you want to see a country that is welcoming, fun, interesting, just a fascinating place to go. See the details at WalterReeves.com. You got time to do the weekend prize pack, Rachel? You do? All right, let's do it. Rachel Perry, screening calls today for Ashley Frasca, who's on vacation. Rachel is thinking of a number between two and seven that will determine who wins a pair of tickets to see the Gypsy Kings in concert August 12th at Chastain Park Amphitheater, produced by Live Nation, plus a pair of tickets to see Seal in concert August 20th at Chastain Park Amphitheater, plus a $20 McDonald's Arch Card. Get fed and go to some great concerts. And what caller will win, Rachel? That would be caller number four. Caller number four to our contest line, please. 404-741-0750. Get to see the Gypsy King sealed and go to McDonald's as well. 404-741-0750. Ray is up in Athens, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Ray. Hey, good morning, Walter. Uh, this is kind of question you normally ask this, that old guy it pours beer and, and coke on his plant. <laughs> uh, right. uh, I'm, I'm uh, having my last garden, and, and uh, I don't want to buy a whole big bag of ammonium nitrate. Yeah. Is there a substitute that I could use for just a, uh, you know, I just have less than 100 plants of corn? And, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, you could use urea. Urea is fine. Um, anything that has that first number pretty high, and that's urea is 4300. Ammonium nitrate was 3300. Okay, and it, um, it, it comes in lesser quantities. And You know, run over to, to uh, Kofor Seed and Feed, Ray. Go over there and ask them okay. what they got What for I was you. thinking of is, is can you just like go to the grocery store and buy some foreign ammonium and, and no. pour a little. No, no can't, can't do that. that. You got to go to a, to a feed and seed or, or a nursery okay. or something well, like that. Well, it was worth a try. Uh, I'm having to quit after this year because of health reasons. Yeah. And I didn't, you know, can I, real quickly, can I give a tiller tip? Yeah, tell it to us. All right. Um, and um, this is not weird, but uh, <laughs> uh, you can do a disclaimer on this because you don't want people to say, well, you, Walter said to do this, but I had the same problem about my tiller. I've, I've got this really old tiller, and and um, the, they told me, you know, either you can get a new motor, motor, or or you follow it around with the uh, plug every thirty minutes. And <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine said, uh, 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 pour all your fuel out, put diesel fuel in it. Oh my gosh! Fill it a couple of times. Wait a minute, not start it up. Just pull it a couple of times. Yeah. It's set overnight. Pull it back out. Pull it back up. It's like yeah. having a ring job. Mm. I promise. And tell everybody that don't do this unless they got common sense and don't say that Walter said this. Say Walter <laughs> Ray said this. <laughs> Thank okay? you, Ray. Thank you, okay. Ray. This is uh, Ray's yeah, idea. Bye-bye. All right, man. Do not do this and say Walter said do it. Ray says, puts the diesel fuel in your tiller and pull it a couple of times without starting and make it brand new. Try it at your own risk. We'll put it that way. At 40 minutes past the hour, Linda is in Ackworth and joins us on Lawn and Garden. 
Morning, Linda. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I've got a problem with my tomato plants. They've been looking gorgeous, Good. producing a lot of the tomatoes. However, the new growth that's coming out is coming out stunted, yeah. and also the leaves are curling. Weed killer. Weed killer? Guaranteed. Um, I see lots of pictures, Linda, people who send me pictures of their various garden plants. Most often it is of their tomato. And in the middle of the summer, like right now, when I see a picture of a tomato plant whose top leaves, the new leaves on it, stunted, curled, sort of cupped over a little bit, strappy and twisted perhaps a little bit on them, mm -hmm. then I say, hmm, there's not many things that will cause that other than weed killer. And tomatoes are real sensitive to weed killer chemicals. Um, okay. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate it. You have now, a wonderful day. Now, now wait, 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 yeah. Linda. Now we have to find the culprit. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we need to find true. the guilty party somewhere. Hopefully it's not you. Hopefully it's somebody else to blame it on. But it can be as far as 50, 50 feet away if somebody sprays, particularly uh -huh. the broadleaf weed killers that have 2,4-D and dicamba and things like that. The broadleaf weed killers are the most likely candidates here. And if you spray it 50 feet away on a little bit of a breezy day, just a little bit of a breezy day, the breeze will take a little bit of fog, a little bit of droplets over, and as I say, Tomatoes are so sensitive that they will curl up, and that's what you got. But wow. here is what you really are going to ask me, and you haven't yet asked, but I'll just go ahead and answer it for you. Yes. And that is, can I eat the tomatoes on my tomato plant? Because many times the leaves will curl, but the plant will not die because it's just a light little application of weed killer. And my answer is I'm not qualified to give you an answer, but I would feel safe if the leaves grow normally. If you grow it for another couple of three weeks and the new leaves on it start looking normal on it, if they have blooms, if they have fruit, I personally would feel safe eating those fruit. So right. make your choice. You decide what to do. All right. Thank you very much. Sir. All right, Linda. Thanks for calling. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm. 42 minutes past the hour. That gives Lewis his turn. Lewis, finally, you're on the air. Hey, Lewis. Morning, Walter. Morning. Hey, I got a, a transplant question. Uh, I got full sun in my front yard and lots of shade in my backyard. And last year I put uh, three Arbor Vitae in the back uh, for a screen, and I didn't bother to read the uh, tag, and yeah. I found out later it's full sun. And yeah. they're not doing so hot back there. They're about five feet tall, but the backside's uh, lower branches are kind of brown. Could I transplant those guys into my front yard, and uh, and when would I do it, if I could do it? You're talking to a guy who has successfully killed about three arborvitaes in his yard for just basically bad maintenance, if you really want to know the bottom line truth on it, Lewis. I planted arborvitae twice in April, and in both cases failed to water sufficiently through the whole summer. I watered them until around now in June, and I thought, well, they should be established now. Fine. And I quit, went on vacation, who knows what. But by July, August, they were gone, dead, brown, no more arborvitae. And I fear that unless you are really, really good about digging them up and getting a good large root system and moving them to a sunnier place, which is going to need more water, I fear that yours are going to follow mine to that great compost pile in the sky. Hmm. So okay. you either leave them in place and pray that they can survive until the fall, which is the better time to transplant, or 
you transplant them now and don't go on vacation and water sufficiently to keep them green and happy, and we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, and I got sort of the reverse question uh, with azaleas. I put azaleas in my front yard, and they're in full sun, <laughs> and they're about the size of medicine balls. And I wonder if they need more um you know, dappled shade or whatever they call it. Uh, some do, some don't. The Encore Blooming Again azaleas do fine in just about full sun. I've got Encore azaleas in my neighborhood that are in full sun and just as happy and blooming three times a year. They're great. Huh. Uh, okay. There are other azaleas like the little Japanese Kurumi azaleas that are very common, Carl and Hino Degiri and the rest of those, that really don't like to be in full sun. They would love to be in dappled shade. So it depends on what you have as to whether they need full sun or dapple sun. Okay. These are Encore, so... Um, they may be able to stand the sun pretty well. Um, water, I think, would be useful, and they'll sometimes get lace bug damage on them when they're in full sun. If you prevent the lace bugs with a little drench in the spring, I would say there's not any real need to move them around unless you just see they're just scorching around the edges and they turn yellow in the heat of July and they just don't look happy at all, look like they're on the edge of death, then okay, move them then. But you don't necessarily have to move the encores if they're in full sun. And finally, if I was going to move them, when would be the best time? October. October. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Bob. That's a good answer. One word answer for you, Lewis, but I have killed my share of arborvitaes and I now know to keep those sorry things watered, 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 or they will up and die on you. Okay. Thanks for calling, Lou. 46. We got uh, Clyde. Clyde, come to us, Clyde. What's your question? Hey, Walter. Good morning. Hey, man. Uh, I have a a flower bed. It's about 10 uh, foot long and uh, wide and about 15 foot long and about 8 inches deep. Okay. I've got hydrangea bushes in it, and they're just not growing. And I, what my what I was wanting to do is get some tires and fill them up with the Miracle Gardening Soil right. and transplant these um, hydrangeas into the uh, tires so that they'll have uh, richer soil and be raised up. Yeah, it, is now a, a bad time, or should I wait till the fall to try to move these plants? Fall is the right answer, but I'm curious why they're not growing very well in your bed where they are now. What's wrong with the soil there? Uh, it's just as hard as a brick. In, oh, in who planted I, in that hard soil, Clyde? Who was it? Well, I dug it out real good, and I put <laughs> soil around it, but they're just not growing. Uh-huh. If it's hard as a brick, that is not hydrangea home. Uh, so you're right. If you move them to either the raised bed in the tires or... Honestly, if you wait until October, maybe, and then dig them up, lay them to the side, dig out all that hard, sorry soil you have in the raised beds and replace that with your miracle Grow soil, then, yeah, you could put them back in the raised beds and not worry about all this tire planting stuff. So you make your choice, but they do need soft soil. Well, uh, that soil, you can go down maybe an inch, and it's just, uh, it's, you know, rich at the top. Yeah. About an inch deep, it just gets harder to rock. I'm going to say you need to get better soil. We need to replace it or replace the hydrangeas into something else. Well, that's what, I, what I'm asking is if I raise them up into those tires and yeah. softer soil, would that, would that alleviate my problem or help it? I'm just doubtful on the on the tires idea, Clyde. I think it would be a lot better to dig them up, re-amend the soil, go deep, go eight. 
10 inches maybe deep into the bed. And you know something, if you want something that will permanently make the soil tillable and though it does not ever get hard, go to Pike and get some of their um, Espoma, what's that stuff called, expanded slate that uh, Espoma sells. It's like Soil Perfector, that's the name, Soil Perfector. Soil Perfector by Espoma, Pike sells it, good stuff. And you dig that into the soil, it's little bitty porous rocks and it keeps the soil from hardening forever. That's what I would try. Try Soil Perfector by Espoma. You can also get Permatil from some of the local smaller nurseries, and Permatil works the same. But either one of those will keep the soil from getting hard. That's what you need to use. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves the Lawn and Garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Yesterday, hot, sweaty, miserable, nasty. Today, very, very pleasant outside. The heat's arriving, or the heat, I should say, is going away, making today pretty much a perfect Saturday for doing gardening. Mid-80s this afternoon, low 60s overnight, a little breeze going on, not much chance of rain. It's going to be really nice today, especially compared to last week. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Elizabeth comes to us from Dunwoody, Georgia. Hey, Elizabeth, good morning. Good morning, Walter. I need to know about, I'm doing a formal garden, Okay. and I was going to use the boxwood, the miniature boxwood, mm. and then I read that that's going to be something we don't have in Georgia like the red chip was at once, and what would you do it with then? I am glad you know about boxwoods because boxwoods are rapidly succumbing succumbing to a disease called boxwood blight and i no longer recommend boxwoods being planted in new gardens and if you have them in your garden right now you need to really be familiar with what boxwood blight looks like because there seem to be a lot of gardens with the boxwoods dying quickly boom defoliating and dying and that's the end of that for boxwoods um small leafed holly is the best i can get to you elizabeth some of the very small leafed japanese hollies um even one of the dwarf yopon hollies might work if you keep it pruned pretty regularly. Um, boogity, boogity, boogity. That's about the best I have. Small Japanese holly instead of the boxwood. Three or, um, it's going to take three or four hundred to do what I'm doing. Oh, honey bunny, you need, you need a professional. You need somebody who can get a volume discount on these plants. Okay. Find a find a garden designer. Go to the Georgia Perennial Plant Association meetings on uh, Monday nights over at the Atlanta History Center and ask somebody there if they don't have a license to do some installation for you and buy you a couple of hundred of the hollies or something else that they have in mind that would do better than boxwoods. But you definitely, if you're talking in the hundreds, we need a professional to come in and plant them. Pike, of course, and just certainly I'd be remiss if I didn't say this, Pike has a great resource in planning for you, planning landscapes, and discounts on the plants once you put their plan in place. So certainly calling Pike is a great idea, Elizabeth, to get their expertise to get the formal garden done for you. It's 7.58 at News Talk WSB. This is Lawn and Garden, and we'll be back after news. No one ever gonna 